The following podcast is sponsored by the Women in Comedy Festival. Check us out at WICF.com. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Person About Town. Thank you for listening. Now we're presented by the Women in Comedy Festival. Today, we're outside. It's a nice day. Uh, and the guest is going to tell you who they are and where we are. Uh, oh, hi, hi everybody. Uh, my name's Shalay with Sharp, and uh, that's who I am. Um, I'm a comedian here in New York, and uh, right now we are sitting outside of uh, the lovely Brooklyn Museum. So... You are not from Brooklyn. Do you want to tell the listeners where you are from? Actually, I am from Brooklyn. You are from Brooklyn. Yes, okay. So I what am. what's the path from Oh, there's like an animal here on the mic. Okay. okay. Uh, what's the path from Brooklyn? Did you go to Atlanta and then back to Brooklyn or Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, I was born here in Brooklyn. Um, and uh, lived here my first 8 years were in Brooklyn. Um, so formidable enough. Yeah. You know, like um, I talked weird when my family moved to Atlanta, um, but the neighborhood where we lived, which at the time was just called Flatbush, but now I think has a fancier name, um, we, uh, it was mad sketchy, as the kids say. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of brownouts, a lot of blackouts, a, lot of, uh, a good deal of looting. Um, but still, you know, a nice neighborhood. I mean, you know. Um, so uh, my parents, my uh, mother was from middle Georgia, like the middle of the state of Georgia. And my dad was a uh, bed do or die. And uh, my mother was like, well, let's give raising our children in the South a shot. Um, while I lived here in New York, I went to um, an African private school, which didn't, didn't help. Matters when I got to Georgia. What does that mean? Uh, it was a school called Wayusi Shule, uh, which I believe means black school okay. um, in Swahili. So it was real basic. Nice. Um, and it was there was like a there was a preschool, an elementary school, and a high school all affiliated. Yeah. And so by that point, I was in the elementary school, and my sister was in the preschool. Yeah. But I'd gone like two. So you know, we learned like Swahili, like. I could speak fluent Swahili at eight. All gone. All gone. What am I going to need that for in, in Atlanta? No reason. Um, uh, but just so, and also, you know, I was born, like, in the early 70s. So, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of black power. Okay. A lot, so that's how I ended up with the name Shalewa. Because um, my parents were just Shirley and Lonnie. So, <laughs> you know, my motherland is just Flatbush Avenue. That's it. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, all of those things, then my mother and father decided to move us to Atlanta. So, uh, you know, they just took our little African asses down um, and uh, our Hotep asses, really. And, um, and then we just had to deal with that. We ended up in an area of the suburbs of Atlanta, just northeast of Atlanta, called Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain, Georgia? Stone Mountain, Georgia. Ah. Now, Stone Mountain is named after a large piece of granite um, that uh, is a... National Park, um, and it has the Confederate Army heroes etched into the side, three of them, um, Jefferson Davis, uh, Stonewall Jackson, and probably Robert E. Lee. And please note that I don't know any more Swahili, yeah. but I know the names of the, yeah, that is terrible. I could see it from my bedroom window, uh, just off in the distance. And um, so at the time that we moved into that area, the, um, they now have like a beautiful beautiful, I say beautiful, uh, 
uh, a real nice um, uh, laser show that they project on the side of the mountain in the summertime. Uh, you know, just wackiness, uh, wacky cartoons or, you know, set to music. Um, but what used to happen was the Klan used to have rallies there. Well, just, you know, on, on the top of the mountain there. And um, so I believe that was still happening when we moved there. And then they decided maybe we should um, let's soften this a bit and let's get families in. Uh, and uh, so they started having a laser show, which is a big deal. And that's been going on like 30-something years. Um, but uh, when things were kind of kicked up uh, racially recently, like last summer, um, and the Klan felt threatened. I, maybe last summer or the summer before when uh, we started to take away their Confederate flags. They, uh, the Klan had a big um, heritage, not hate, uh, rally at the park. And, uh, and it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's why this is here. Wait, do your parents still live there? Uh, they did. They lived, um, we were in Stone Mountain for a while and then on, like, the west side of the mountain. And then they moved to the east side of the mountain. Um, but, yeah, so that's where they were set up for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they, I guess the school system was, I really don't know why, why we, and how or why we ended up there. And I don't even know if um, they realized, like, it wasn't, I mean, we certainly were um, urban pioneers. Okay. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, they were just looking for a nice apartment. This is we can do this and we live here and it seems like a good school and all that stuff. But then it was also like, okay, but I'm like one of uh, six black kids and the other black kids didn't live in the neighborhood. Keep in mind, this is the mid eighties. They were bussed in from other parts of town on a program called the M to M, which was called the majority to the minority busing program. The M to M, the M to M kids. And uh, so they were bussed in from uh, their majority black neighborhoods to uh, where they were in the minority in the white neighborhoods. So that's what those kids were. And uh, so they didn't live close at all. And uh, we were right in the thick of it. And uh, yeah, just real weird. And that was still, I'm talking about like 86, 87, not even that long ago. Like when people want to talk about, ah, busing was in the 60s. Nah, nah, this was called majority to minority or whatever. Yeah, like that's, that's crazy. We didn't have, we just called it busing, but like my school district was the one that uh, had some of those initial suits to just completely stop all the busing. So I think it's like Charlotte Mecklenburg versus Swan. Um, And yeah, so there were like, like, in my elementary school, a lot of black kids. In my middle school, a lot of black kids. In my, like high school, like suddenly halfway through, it, like the like percentages dropped. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, well, at the time there, were, we didn't really have middle school or junior high in the county where I was when I was going. So it was literally elementary school straight into high school. So elementary school stopped at seventh grade, and then high school started at eighth grade. <laughs> Yeah, so you're just 13 with adults um, trying to get it in. Like, it was, oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, so it was definitely, uh, like, you you could, it was a 
it was a stark difference because it was from other, you know, other elementary schools are feeding into the school. So you don't quite know the makeup, but you know it was pretty white. And yeah, But when you're in elementary school, you're just, yay. Yeah. But then you hit high school and you're like, oh, wow. People are full of hate. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so it was... Um, yeah, it was something. It was real something when I think about it. But, uh, but you know, I'm fine now. Okay. Uh, it's, as soon as I get that therapist, it's going to be great. Yes. We're going to work through all these issues. But, yeah, so that's my, um, that's my history. That's where I'm coming from. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I guess that's it, really. Oh, do you keep in touch with anybody from, like, your elementary school and high school? Uh, a few people. Um, I actually, let's see, I, there's a, an, a high school boyfriend who lives here in Brooklyn, uh, and I've seen him, like, once. Okay. We talk more on Facebook, than we, but we talk about New York things on Facebook, even though, and Atlanta things. Like, it's a it's a very weird, like, relationship kind of thing, but uh, um, he's here. Um, I've got a good friend who lives in South Carolina, who, uh, and it's really only through like Facebook do I even see some of them and then a few um, high school people that I keep up with on Facebook because I went through and cleaned house a, a while ago none of I mean actually quite a few of them ended up being like real conservative and just kind of uh, and I didn't have to clean them out until uh, Obama start, started his first run and I was like what schools did, did you forget I'm like oh boy you guys are terrible but um but I didn't really get into it with anyone. I just kind of did. And then there are some people who I went to high school with who are very conservative, but they they didn't yap it up much on Facebook, so I just keep them, or maybe I muted them or yeah. something. But I liked them enough that I'm like, I'll keep them around, though. They're okay. But some folks, I was like, I don't even care what you're doing now, no matter what your politics are. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I do keep up with a, um, some, but not... Not a lot. Not the way that, not the way I feel like some folks do. Yeah. I feel like some people are really like, like still just, and I'm like, I, maybe I didn't like that many people to begin with. Or, you know, I mean, there are some folks who had babies that I keep up with some babies. You know, you have friends who have babies and some babies you like more than others. So you kind of really keep up with some babies and some you don't. So I got like a, I got like a little uh, arsenal of like five or six babies that I'm, watching that they don't know about i mean i don't talk to the parents at all but i'm just looking yeah good for looking yeah he's gonna end up weird you know like that kind of thing but um but yeah not not too many um high school friends a good amount of high school friends but no more than you need to like i'm not going to any reunions anytime soon i don't need that well i don't need that and um yeah, no, and then I only spent one year in college, so I have, I can probably count on my hand the number of people from college. It's probably literally five. Okay. It might actually be fun. <laughs> yes, it is. It is five, and I'm only active with, like, two of them. Uh, but eh, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, sometimes if there's, if there's not the drive to, then why would you force yourself right. to do that? Yeah, there's no need. I mean, we're... We're fine as long as I know that they're ultimately doing okay, yeah. and that's that's good. But otherwise, yeah. I think I keep up with uh, one person from 
elementary, middle, high school. It's like the same person, and I've known her forever. I guess technically two. I have a twin sister. Okay. Uh, so I've kept up with her, of course. Sure, right. <laughs> but, but like my friend Paula went to all the schools with me, and then uh, she and I still talk. But yeah, I think that she's that's it. Yeah. Okay. My friend who's in um, who's in South Carolina, I've known since I feel like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, I mean, that's a pretty long time. She may be, she may be my oldest friend on there. Cause then everybody else from high school I met like in ninth grade or 10th grade or whatever. But, um, yeah, she may be the oldest person that, you know, the person I've known the longest. That's not like family, you know, um, but otherwise, yeah, I think that's it. When you hang out with her, do you slide back into like... Like an older version of yourself? Probably, yeah, yeah. I once, um, so she lives uh, in a small town in South Carolina. And, that sounds yeah, I know. But the college I went to was in a small town in South Carolina. It's just one state over, I guess you, you're just like, this is good, I gotta break out. And then you're like, no, I need a building that's taller than three stories. Um, but uh, yeah, so she lives, I, I don't even know if she's living with her mom anymore. She may actually be living with a man or something. But, um, but I did go to visit her when she was uh, living with her mother, and it was, uh, yeah, you just kind of have to really go back. Because, you know, at that time, you know, it, that we were hanging out, it's high school time, I'm one of, the, I'm like the black person in the crew. Uh, and so when I'm driving to this town, uh, I'm trying to find, you know, find, she gives me these directions, and I make a wrong turn and go over tracks and then go through. I'm like, oh, this is the black side. Like, it's literally over the tracks. And uh, we're going through. I'm driving through, and then I go back over, and then I end up on her street. And um, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, this actually was a good primer as to how I'm going to make it through this weekend. Like, oh, all the black people are over there. Uh, Okay, fair. And then I'm here, the one with the got it. Um, And, yeah, and so when I got to her house, uh, I was like, oh, I... um, I found the black people, and she was like, oh, over the tracks? So, yep, yep, right over the tracks. Why, why does that happen? I know why it happens, but it's just weird to see, because that was not that long ago. It's still, I mean, I guess you go with comfort, but, um, yeah. So, I, yeah, we do kind of slide back uh, into, I'm just following her around while she's got these great ideas and capers, and I'm just like, all right, let's, let's do it, whatever, whatever you want. Okay, but, um, yeah, I guess so. I, I probably do, which is just like... Um, I don't, I feel like I was relatively passive in most of my uh, relationships with friends. Like they all had, I did, they also all had cars or they all could drive. So I was like, yep, I'll just ride. If you can, if I can just sit in the trunk or whatever. So I'm, I fall back into that and I'm like, yeah, whatever you want to. Yeah, I'll meet you any. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, They. That's a, funny you say that. No one has. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Every, uh, when I, when people from high school would say something about me, they're like, and you were always just, uh, like, you just were so strong and you strong-willed and you spoke. And I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> any of these things. And I have diaries. I got lots of diaries. And I was right. Yeah. Nice. I still from when I was like nine. Yeah, I still, you know, write, and I got notebooks and papers all rubber-banded to get a lot of stuff. I don't know. It's just, 
It's a lot of. Um, it'd be easy for someone to write memoirs, like or you, you write your own memoirs. Someone else to write about. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's going to be a lot of like, who's better, um, Ricky Schroeder or Jason Bateman? Just a lot of like, just a lot of whoever the teen people were. Um, just me trying to figure out if I like blondes or brunettes. I settled on brunettes at some point. I think I said I think for, I had a blonde moment okay. um, when I was young, but then I moved on to brunettes. Preferably with a little curly hair as I got older. Jew? Um, yeah, yeah. It ended up being like a secular Jew thing, okay. uh, as as it turns out. Yeah, it ended up being a secular Jew. Yeah. And then um, and then me writing about my mother was very worried about her daughter, who seems to be into blondes and brunette. What is wrong with her? What's wrong? What's wrong with my daughter? So there's a lot of that in there too. So yeah, <laughs> she was so concerned. In this, is this like a full-on like debate where you're like listing the benefits and like? Well, not not like not like a list, but I definitely it was like. Well, I mean, I like this and this and this, yeah. but this guy's got this this, and I mean, I like. I don't know. Maybe I lean more towards Burnett. Like really long, thought-out arguments. <laughs> I was a lonely child. <laughs> And that's with a younger sister. I still was like, no, yeah, let me just, yeah. If you ask her, uh, my sister, she will say that she had lots of board games that she played by herself because um, I wouldn't play with her. Um, in my defense, I, she had terrible board games. Why would I? I don't want to play, like, a Wheel of Fortune board game. It's already on television. I don't, you know. And the other ones, they all popped up or they did things. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I just liked reading. Is she still in Georgia? She is. Um, she is there. She's, um, she's a dancer. Uh, she was in a dance company for a long time. Um, and uh, so she went to, like, a performance art uh, high school, and uh, so she is that person. Okay. Uh, so um, it's it's... Yeah, it's kind of, and then I later started doing comedy, and um, and she's just kind of like, all right, comedy, okay. I mean, I'm the funny one, you know. You know, there's always someone in your family who says she's they're the funny one. So she's uh, she's that person. She uh, uh, she hasn't listened to my album, although she's like, I've heard some of it. When her boyfriend was listening to it, she may have heard some. What? And I'm like, okay, that's. I guess that's as good as it's gonna. I get it. You know. I disagree. No, well, you know, we're uh, we're both Leos. And I think that means that um, uh, we're both born performers. Uh, my mother was a Leo as well. Uh, so that just meant a lot of talking <laughs> for my father, um, uh, who was already the only man in a house full of women, and then they're all Leos. So they're all just like, me, no, me, no, me. Like, oh, boy. So, um, so I get, I mean, like, I get it. Um, and my nature has always been to fall back and let her do whatever because she's my younger sister. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just like, yeah, go ahead, do do you. I absolutely support you. Um, so that, I mean, she's super supportive. But she hasn't but listened she hasn't to the album. But in her defense, she's probably heard me cracking wise a lot. Like, okay. for, that's what I figure. She's probably like, I get it. Yeah, you funny. So, <laughs> so I understand. Right. I understand. 
you know, how many times can I watch her dance? You know what I mean? Like, I get it. You jump. You're flexible. So, <laughs> so I understand it. So I don't, I'm just like, I, it kind of makes me laugh a little bit. But, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> so you moved, uh, so you went to a year at college in South Carolina. Did you then move back to Atlanta? Yep, moved back to Atlanta and then just went uh, to the School of Hard Knocks there. Uh, and just held down a bunch of retail jobs um, forever, it feels like. Uh, so during this time, you started comedy? No, I didn't start comedy until I was 37. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't start, and that was like seven and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I wanted to do it. I had no idea what your age was. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you I'm 40. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm 44. I'm gonna be 45 in August. So, uh, so when I joke about being an old lady, I mean it. Um, uh, or at least middle age. I'm trying to at least get like, okay, middle age. I'm not old. I'm middle age, but it feels old. Does it? Uh, it well, you know, when you get up and your knee does a thing, okay. <laughs> and you're like, why? I didn't. Why? Um, just that kind of thing. But uh, but yeah. So I started comedy real late. So I was just. Bumbling about, uh, you know, I did a two-year bid at the Gap because um, I feel like every teen has to do like an Old Navy or Gap bid, and um, oh, that's, yeah. yeah, okay, yep, yep, everyone has to do some sort of, um, and then I worked at um, let's see, at a record store, an indie record store. That sounds so hip. It was. It was real. I once ran down my jobs for my roommate, and he was like, "You sound like a '90s movie." And I really, because I worked in a record store, like actual vinyl. So, you know, I'm dealing with vinyl and CDs and tapes. And then um, also uh, I worked at, um, let's see, oh, a porn store, a porn video store. So that's my video store moment. Uh, So, um, and I was there for like seven years. Seven years? Just seeing weird moments of humanity a little bit yeah yeah a lot of mm -hmm. um and it was just like it basically was like a blockbuster but all the movies were porn and instead of popcorn we had like um condoms and lube that's basically what the setup was like and it was 24 hours sell or to rent both yeah yeah you can rent yeah you can rent oh boy you can rent rule number one never reach in a bag always dump it out always dump out the bag never reach in yeah. No, no, you don't. Yeah. Neither did customers when we'd have on like latex gloves and dealing with and they're like, oh, that's gross. And it's like, yeah. Oh, word. You think so? Keep the lube off the tapes, guys. Rewind them. Keep them clean. That's all we ask. Um, yeah. So I did that for a while. Uh, yeah. Seven years. And um, and then, you know, worked at a a Barnes and Noble for so books. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, real, yeah. And then I ran the music department in the Barnes and Noble. Uh, so you know, just a lot of. The only thing I'm missing is like being a film projector, <laughs> like working on the film. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I'm missing at this point. But um, and then uh, I had this job where we did. It was like a. A market, uh, music, mar- well, not even marketing, like media management sort of thing. So we would do like research um, of musical artists, okay. um, their social media footprint, All right. uh, how often they were 
streamed or downloaded legally or illegally. We didn't keep track of who was doing it. We just kept the numbers, you know, researched that. And we'd organize all of that data and we'd um, sell that data to, like, radio stations so that they could make, um, you know, their playlist. Um, to record labels, um, to artists themselves who just wanted to know how they were doing. And the name of the company is uh, Big Champagne. And uh, so I had a friend who was a DJ, and he, he knew the guys who, were, who started it. And they were like, we need someone to help us organize this data because we're just scraping it from sites, and it's making no sense. Like, how is, how is Lil Wayne on every track? And whose is it? Like, is it his or who? And so... They were like, we need someone to help us organize this. And my friend was like, I know just the person. And so we did that, and we built up a little department of that kind of stuff. So I did that for, like, seven years. Um, and that was, like, the best, most specific job I've ever had. Because that's only certain people with that skill set could do that. Um, and, that's, uh, and then that company was eventually bought by um, Live Nation, who wanted us to do that kind of thing for... Um, like their venues, and then they kind of just wanted us to do whatever they wanted, which was very weird because we were a startup and we were just like, oh, no, we want it to be right. And they were like, oh, no, it doesn't have to be right. <laughs> we're like, okay. Why are you paying us then? Yeah, so I knew when they bought us, I was like, nothing good can come of this. It's okay. Live Nation. You know how they do their yeah. ticket yeah. shit? And uh, everyone else was so excited, and I was like, no. By then, I had started comedy. Okay. So... Um, so I was like, all right, well, my lease is up in a year. I'll move, to, I'll move to New York in a year. And I guess by the time I moved here, I'd been doing comedy about three years, which is just at that cocky time where you're like, yeah, I can go. Which is ridiculous. You can't. No, I mean, you can, but you're stupid. Just know that going in and you'll be fine. Uh, so luckily I knew that this was a, a really dumb thing that I was pursuing. Um, but I also had no kids, yeah. and I didn't own any property, Perfect. and I just dropped my dog off with my parents and was like, I'm going to go, and they were like, cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, so those were, you know, my weirdo jobs. And then here I worked at, um, once I moved here in 2013, I started working in the clinic of an acupuncture school. How was that? Uh, it was cool, acupuncture school. Okay. Um, uh, I like it. it. It helped me with my acid reflux. And then... I would not have mentally Yeah, I was like, well, this is a thing I feel, so you stick some needles in me and see if we can make me not... Yeah, and it worked. And I was like, great, now figure out why I'm sad. And they were like, oh, well, that's going to take more. And I'm like, that's fair. Um, I did that for a while, um, and now I'm, uh, I'm an office manager. Uh, so, you know, just moving, moving on up. Also an office manager. Oh man, it's so great. I, uh, really, like, I didn't think I was gonna like my job. Like I was like, I'm moving to New York. I gotta get a day job, just a day job that can pay the bills. Mm -hmm. But like, I just like organize parties and I buy supplies. That's literally it. That is so it. Uh, it's uh, it's crazy. I have to like set an alarm so that I can stand up, shake my legs out, and go rearrange the dishes in the dishwasher, and then sit back down. And I'm like, all right, I guess it's lunchtime. Oh, you know, it's so, so ridiculous. I love it. Um, just for that, just for that, I absolutely love it. So, um, uh, you know, and it, it, I mean, it was like moving here was rough because I didn't have any, I didn't have anything lined up. Uh -huh. 
I was just, I was like, what? Come on, I do this super specific thing. Certainly somebody else here. No, nobody else needed that at all. And I'm like, oh, okay. But it looked great on the resume. So then I would have interviews with people and they were like, oh, no, you can't do any of the other things that other people can do. And I'm like, nope, but I can tell you if that song is by Lil Wayne or not. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, uh, so I, you know, by day two, I was like, how am I not hired? I'm going to die in this sublet. And that's no good. I paid for the full three weeks. <laughs> I can't. Uh, so, um, but then after a while, you know, it's just part of that first year of being in New York where everything is the worst. Um, and then it's not that things get better. It's just that you learn to roll with the punches easier. You know what I mean? Like it's nothing's going to get better, but you can just go. Oh, all right. Well, sure, that was going to happen, but I can do this. Once you learn the workarounds and how you can, that, that's what gets better. Um, but, yeah, no, the city is still shit. <laughs> still, still terrible. Um, also, don't let this city be all high and mighty is the other thing. I had a, a breakthrough moment where I was, I just felt broken, and everyone I talked to was just like, yeah, man, New York, it'll do it to you. And at some point... Um, I was in some station where there were locals and so express trains are going by and I'm waiting on this local and it's just like, nah, I'm not going anywhere. And it's super late at night and I'm tired and I think I went the wrong way. So I'm trying to go back. And, uh, and then an express came through and I just started screaming, fuck you, New York. You're not going to break me, New York. You ain't all that. Like I'm screaming that as this train goes through. And then, uh, and then after that I was like, oh, okay. I feel better. Yeah. So as long as, you know, you let New York know it's not the best thing ever. Right. Because, I mean, it's good, but it's not like... Yeah, I, I don't get to drive around and listen to music here. I don't know music in, like, I don't know modern, or not modern, like, I don't, I have no concept of what Top 40 is anymore. Cause, so, before uh, Boston and now New York, I lived in Los Angeles, and so you drive everywhere, and you're in your car yes. for, like, multiple hours a day. And it's like, I knew all the time, like, I could sing along to everything. I was like, this Rihanna keeps putting out hits. This is amazing. <laughs> and now I'm like, I don't, is this, I can't even tell a Rihanna yeah. song from it. Yeah, that's a big part of it. And, like, and... L.A., I've been there a few times. It is a lot like Atlanta in feel. Also, in scope of just being spread out, it's ridiculous. So you spend a lot of time in your car. And the last time I was in Atlanta was, I don't know, like two or three weeks ago. And I was like, man, there are definitely more people here because this is taking longer. I'm using all my sneaky squirrel methods, and it's still taking me forever. But, yeah, just that. But you... Like, there's a freedom of being, even when you're stuck in traffic, there's a freedom of being by yourself yeah. in an enclosed area. You can do whatever you want. Uh, and you can't do that here. Everybody is standing on your foot here. So you've got to adjust to doing all of those personal car things on the subway. So everybody cries. Oh, yeah. Every woman does a shift crying on the subway. Yeah. And so you just, well, at one point, it's just going to be your turn. And you just do it, and no one's even going to pay attention to you. They just, yeah, they're just like, word, word. Um, yeah, so that's a thing you have to adjust to. I think the reason a lot of people are uptight is because they're not able to ride in a car and enjoy music the way they want to. That's a big part. Like, any new stuff that I, any new music that I download while I'm here, 
I'm like, man, I can't wait to get back to Atlanta and hear how it's supposed to sound. Um, yeah, in a car while I'm dodging through. Yeah, that's exactly how this song is supposed to. But, um, yeah, so I think there's just, like, a freedom. Uh, sure, you get to see um, people doing their thing and you get to do your thing and you get to have made up jobs and all of you know all of these things and um and there's definitely a freedom in that too especially if you like I'm looking forward to being uh just an old single lady in the studio first off the goal is to become one of those older art patron women who always wears a cloak and has a walking stick with like tiger's eye on the top of it and short hair but really crazy earrings and they're at every art opening and you don't know why because they don't do art but they're just there that's that's the dream so um and to have a studio apartment filled of stuff given to you by former paramours all of that kind of stuff so like that's the dream and you can't do that i mean you can do it in atlanta but there are going to be a lot of people along the way just like so now why haven't you gotten married yet and here it's just like Okay, yeah. sure, you're that woman. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was a big reason why I moved. It was just like, all right, well, I guess uh, if I'm going to be like an old crotchety lady, <laughs> this is the place this, to do it. It, Yeah, let me be amongst my people. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's part of the reason. But, um, but yeah, but there's still like a, a freedom that uh, comes from being in a place where there's space yeah. and air and stuff that you can't get here. So, I think you have to get out of this city like every three months, even if it's just for like a weekend. That's uh, one way to keep sane. That makes a lot of sense. So do you plan on living here until the end? I don't know, because this city is trying to price out everybody. I don't know who they think, who's supposed to live here. And I don't know how, the, where's the money? Because someone's, someone's paying for it. someone is paying for it somehow. So I don't know if I'm going to wait it out until something bursts and then people are, uh, like, back to, like, vigilante justice on the streets, but there are a bunch of nice, empty uh, apartments that nobody's in um, that you can get for, like, a can of soup or something. Uh, I may wait that out. I feel like that may happen sooner rather than later. Um, But uh, I, I may do that, or I may go back. You know, there's also... Something to be said for pulling a Golden Girls. What does that mean? You and some of your friends just living together. I, yes, <laughs> I have decided this. And right. I told some of my friends, I was like, if you want to, there's a space for you. For me, it is like a farm that's within like an hour drive of a city. Oh, nice. And yeah, we like, we, like, we can grow vegetables. We, like, like, of course, we'll still need to like buy some stuff. But like, we can wait, like, we'll have some tools. We have a garden. We have like... You know, stuff. Right, and you can, right, like, right. just hang out. It's yeah. My uh, my best friend uh, lives with her uh, boyfriend. Well, they might as well be common law at this point. Um, and they, uh, she is two clicks away from Grey Gardens. Just, like, bless her heart. But, like, if there's a squirrel there, there's going to be a family of squirrels there. And she's like, look at my squirrels. And I'm like, they are eating up your attic. And she's like, I know, but they're so cute. And she's holding them. And I'm like, they don't like that. Anywho, she's like that. Um, yeah. Oh, they're the worst. I've had squirrels try to eat their way into my apartment, you know, three times. So, um, three different places. <laughs> they're real aggressive. Um, if you get them into a cage, though, sometimes they'll freak out so much they will have a heart attack and they will die on the spot. I wish that happened because the first time it happened, um, 
they they were eating their way from the uh, attic down into my bedroom, and then I called my landlord. He put up a cage, one of those things that will just close behind it. Yeah. The little baby one got in there, closed behind it. It was, like, late Sunday morning or Sunday night, and I'm like, well, I, oh, the landlord will come in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, at 5 in the morning, I just heard... It was going crazy in the cage, and I looked, and its mom was there, uh, very upset that her kid had gotten locked up. She had, like, a rolling pin and curlers, and she was just, now she's eating her way through the hole, and she's just running around the room, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm going to work real early this morning. And, uh, yeah, and then there were just more, yeah, I was like, why didn't you just die? But then the mom would have been there mourning. Like, it was, there was a whole family up there, and they all made their way into my room. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at that point, I really hated them. And then two other places they tried to... So, but, but yeah. But, yeah, so um, I'm probably going to do some sort of thing uh, with my best friend where, you know, we just have houses that are close together. Because we were roommates before, but we can't live together now. We both live differently. Um, but at the time that we were roommates, we were living in a house I call either the Fight Club house uh, it was a lot like the house in the Fight Club. And um, it was a beautiful Victorian that had holes yeah. Yeah, falling into, but the landlord was proud of, I don't know. And um, But we'll live close and probably share, like, some common space, and we'll have, like, elderly dogs. And, um, and uh, yeah, and we'll just all be old together. Yeah. And we'll flip through fashion magazines and just cut out what our new fall looks will be. Yeah, yeah, that's because that's the thing we've done before, yeah. and uh, and yeah, so it'll probably be that, and then my sister will probably come through as well. Like you know, just I feel like that's kind of, I mean, if that's there's no need, I don't know. I just feel like you might as well spend it with people that you love, yeah. those years, and we'll kind of look out for you, and um, and no one's done that like my best friend has, so we might as well be in the same. Yeah, so well, I don't know if I can talk her into coming up here because <laughs> it's gonna be hard to. She's got a nice setup now with, you know, but I could probably do it. I could probably do it. But, um, but it's going to be harder for various squirrels. She can't, she can't befriend the rats. Like, the rats here have jobs and shit. And they're backpacks. They're terrible. Yeah. But. I always look down into the subway to see them, like, running around before the trains come through. It's, um, who boy. That's, when I told my parents I was moving, my mother said, but Chalet the rats and the mice and I said I know I know I'm that's why I'm giving myself a year to prepare and she's like okay because she moved here when she was like 18 or something like that so um yeah so she knows about living in a like renting a room from some crazy old woman and there's just mice in there and she her diet was like uh chicken and spinach or something you know what I mean like just yeah you know and so so she knows about uh, doing all of those things and but at an age when you're young and you can just shake it off um, but you know she's like but you're old <laughs> and you're set in your ways you gonna go up there and live with young people and you damn near 40 yeah I guess I am I guess I am I don't know why I did this but you like it right yeah, I do I do I love it but every day I'm like oh, oh boy like, didn't your, your album hit number one on the comedy for about 30 minutes. It did. I beat, yeah, I beat uh, Dane Cook, I think, was number one at the time. So that's all, that's great. That's all we really wanted was to, yeah, so, which is really crazy. The whole idea of having an album and then it being on this 
I too. Like I'm like I don't, I don't know. It's just so, especially because you know, I paid attention to charts for so long, yeah. and then, um, yeah, I'm like that's that's very surreal, and uh, just like having you know having an album cover, and like some songs are played on like Sirius XM. Yeah, so I'll occasionally get like a. Like hey yeah hey we here's payment for uh, these these tracks that we played and I'm like who on earth why it's, yeah it's just it hasn't like and it's been you know over it like it's May will be a year since the album came out and it's just like it has I guess it has sunk in but also kind of hasn't like sometimes I just forget that that is a part of. I don't know I'm still just like I'm just trying to be funny and then part of me, then like something happens I'm like oh this is also like a business that I need to be in in charge of nice. <laughs> yeah it's cool it is cool um you know the struggle is uh trying to let your allow yourself to enjoy things yes because you know we're all very anguished um and if you enjoy things people are like well who do you think you are enjoying it? so uh yeah so I'm trying to let myself enjoy things and sometimes it's, t- I don't know why it's tough, but sometimes it is. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm the best. <sighs> <laughs> why the, the heavy I sigh? I know, it always, that's what I'm trying to cut the heavy sigh. I'm trying to just get rid of that part. I'm the best. Uh, I don't know. Because then, because I feel like if I do it too many times without the heavy sigh, then, you know, like my sister will slide in and go, nah, nah, you ain't. And then just slide back she out. She hasn't listened to your album. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I feel like that's kind of a struggle, I think, that some people have. Either believing that they are good at what they do uh-huh. or actually believing that they're good at what they do and having to tamp down that emotion. Yeah. I think that's also part of it, too. Because, I mean, like, there is a, a strong... There's, you have to have a strong sense of delusion to do this. Yes. Uh, and then to move to New York and just be like, yep. Yep, this is it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do It's like, mm. There are thousands of people who do this here, but I'm going to be <laughs> the one. I'm going to be the one. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, there's also that weird thing where you make the move, and then um, you realize that there are six to ten versions of you already. Yeah. Uh, which I've seen happen to uh, many white dudes. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're like, I'm the best thing in the Midwest. I fucking kill it. Oh, every other Midwest town had a me, and they're all (laughs) here. here. Oh, okay, right, great. And we all talk the same? Okay. We all dress exactly the same. People keep calling me that other one. (laughs) Yeah, so so that takes some adjusting, but you just uh, have to decide if you're going to adjust and just be like, all right, well, I guess this is where we are if you're just going to be angry at the world that there are other versions of you. So that is part of this. That's also part of the true struggle, I think, is kind of trying to decide how you want to present yourself. So were there, like, conscious decisions where you were like, all right, I see this is kind of being done. I'm going to do this other thing. Mm, Not too much. Like, on a joke-by-joke basis maybe but overall not too much because um like I said I wanted to start comedy when I was 15 um but I didn't because I didn't think I had anything to say uh and now I think a benefit I do wish I'd started when I was younger 
maybe early 30s, though. But um, a benefit of starting later is that I'm pretty much who I'm going to be. So I can kind of only be that. And I don't, and that's not necessarily limiting unless I was trying to be all kinds of things. But because I'm like, well, I'm just going to do this and this is how I would, this is how I would see this. I'm kind of, I don't, I don't see it as stuck. I kind of more see it like it's easier to stand out because it's like, oh, this is just kind of her view on everything and how she sees things. Um, You've got a real clear voice. Yeah. So that, that I will come to see is like, oh, okay, that's very helpful because I've seen people who are just like, yay, oh, nope, you know what? No, I do this now. And I'm like, okay, now you wear glasses. All right, cool, cool. <laughs> I uh, hate, I hate it so much when someone who doesn't actually have, like, need glasses just them? starts throwing them on, like, no, I, I'm trying to do a different persona. It's like, you can't you just can't steal, steal Yeah, like, I've been wearing glasses since I was six. Yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't just, that's... Uh, I mean, it's not my essence, but I do need it to see. Like, that's not fair. Yeah, so um, yeah. So just watching people kind of go through that has been interesting and informs how I should do it. And then, like, when you come across those six to ten people that are doing what you do, are they truly doing what you do, or are you all just black women? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, no, they do these different things. And so... The heart, the tough thing is uh, finding what it is that you do, what your lane is kind of going to be. So a good thing about being in New York is that you can try out a lot of lanes and see which one feels right. And also um, people will see you and then they will go, okay, you're, I think I want you for this. So it also kind of will magically happen if you get up enough. People will go, you know what, I think you'll be good in this. So I say yes to pretty much everything um and from that you know I'm kind of just now starting to see like oh okay well I don't do this kind of thing but I'm good at this kind of thing and those are those kind of people so note to self always mess with those people when they want something um but okay I'll give this thing a shot and then maybe you know and you just kind of filter through but um oh boy that still is you know, I've been here four years, and I'm only just now like, oh, I think maybe I'm a this person, you know, uh, which is, and it's also surprising because it may not be the person you expect. It may not be the way that you, like, you know, uh, I may not be um, Comedy Central special comic. Why would you say that? Um, because I may... Uh, the way that I do comedy may not be what they're looking for. Um, I may be more storyteller. Um, only because my jokes are little stories. Um, when I was in Atlanta, on average, my a bit would last about a minute 30 seconds or a minute to a minute 45 seconds. Now a bit is a good, like two to three minutes if I because I'm yeah. no longer like trying to jam things in right. I'm letting things breathe because that's just how it sounds best to me yeah, yeah. Um, which is great in a set of eight minutes but hard in a set of five minutes yeah. um, and that's what they're judging you on and it's just kind of like well not- I could stress out about it or I can just keep doing this yeah. um, also that you know that, that I, you do really well yeah. right and uh, and then maybe they'll come around or maybe they won't but maybe something else will come around and it, it you know it's not it's no longer that straight line to you know 
Um, yes, I would love to do a set on uh, late night TV. Which person would you want to do a set on? Probably. Um, well, you know Conan. Um, I feel like that's the, like most comedians most, are like Conan. Yeah, because he. Because uh, 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 I feel like his sensibility is lacking. They've had all types, and also he when he started that show on TBS, he said. We're gonna have comics on, yeah. um, which uh, not many of the other shows have said. But I've seen it's been changing. Like when Seth Meyers started, he definitely had comics on. Yeah. Um, so that seemed to be like, oh, okay. Well, then this is the New York. Like, okay, we can do that. Um, uh, I feel like Kimmel not so much, but it's it's changing. Yeah, yeah I feel like it's changing. Um, Colbert, I knew from the start that there wouldn't be much stand-up on that just because I am a huge Colbert stan, and I know how he feels about music, and I know if he had a chance to put on a band that he was interested in that nobody else knew about but that he could present, or a comic, he's going to pick the band. Um, Yeah, yeah, but that has changed, too. I think they have a new uh, book, but I've seen more. There's been more in this past in the past few months than yeah. in the year leading up to it. Okay. Uh, but that, that show also has gone through a lot of changes, too. They have an actual showrunner. It's not just uh, Colbert running, uh, calling all the shots anymore. Okay. So they probably were like, okay, well, here's someone who can do the comedy part. And they've picked, like, really good people. Um, got Greer, Bar- Greer Barnes. They had him on recently, and he's someone who I saw when I was, like, I feel like I was in my 20s, and he was on some show on BET, like he was doing a set on either BET or Comedy Central, and I was writing in my diary at the time, and I just wrote his name, like, in the margins, as, like, this dude is hilarious, and then just kept it moving, and occasionally would hear his name and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that dude's in my diary, and it's like, why? And it's like, I don't, mm." yeah, just roll with it. Uh, But, yeah, you know, like, they're picking, like, quality people, and so, you know... I can't say Colbert, though, because if I meet him, I'll cry. He's kind of like at Muppet status for me. Where really? If I, meet him, I, may fall, I may fall apart. I may not, because he's an actual person, whereas Muppets, I will absolutely fall apart. Um, but I may hold it together if I meet Colbert. I may. I just met Maria from Sesame Street. And how did, how did that? I did a, a, um, a salon, a monthly salon called Women in Letters. Women of Letters. And so... They do it every month, and they pick a topic, and then they pick uh, four to five women from various uh, areas, and you um, you write a letter to that topic or based on that topic. Okay. So uh, the first one I did was, like, uh, a letter to your childhood dream. Yeah. And um, my childhood dream ha- was and has always been to live alone in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> and, um, and so that's what I wrote my letter to. Yeah. Uh, and so... I was asked to do one recently that was happening at um, the Metropolitan Opera in, like, a little side room, like like their overflow room. It's so fancy. Yeah, it's super fancy. Um, I still wore a T-shirt, but with a long skirt because I'm wacky. And um, and one of the other participants was um, Sonia, who played Maria for all almost all my life on Sesame Street. And so when I saw that, I was like, all right, just be chill. Shula. Just be chill. <laughs> be chill. Because I have a Sesame Street tattoo. Yeah. And so, um, so you know, I met her. She's del- delightful. She was there with her husband. She was real jazzy. She had on, like, a little mini dress covered in fringe 
gold and silver and diamonds a popping because um, PBS apparently you do it long enough you gonna you gonna get yours and um, and I was getting ready and her husband saw my tattoo and was like oh is that is that like the street you grew up on and I'm like no and he read it and he said this that's Sesame Street and I said yes and he was like have you shown Sonya yet and I went no Sonia, come here. You got to see this. And she's like, oh, well, we got to take a picture of it. So uh, so then we posed for a picture. And um, and then I was like, well, I don't even know if I'll ever see this picture. But I know it happened. Yeah. Um, and then it ended up being posted somewhere, and I snagged it immediately. And, uh, yeah, so I held it together. Nice. So it was fine. So I don't know. I mean, I may hold it together if I meet Colbert. Yeah. I probably will. By that point, he, yeah, yeah, he'll just be, like, just another old white dude. Not that old. No, but by the time I meet him, he might be. in the twilight. I could yeah. next week. Yeah. You, I mean, he shoots out in York, right? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. But I mean, I'd I'd rather meet him in a a place where like I'm going to do a show or it's something more professional. I don't want to meet him in like a bagel spot. <laughs> That's annoying. And if you did when see, I see people like that. I never approach him. Really? Do you ever approach celebrities like that? Um, no, I think I have. Like a once or twice, I saw John Lithgow on the train, and it was just like, it was the same reaction I give to like a like a nice looking dog, like a oh you're here nice, (laughs) (laughs) and so I just kind of did like like he was looking at me and I was looking at him and then I went (laughs) right, I'm gonna look back right yeah exactly yeah I feel like I've done that I feel like I do um, a hip hop head nod Uh maybe at folks I've done that before. Um, but I, 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 I don't want to approach him because I'm like, I would, I'm a big fan of your work. Unless, like, it's after a concert. I have a couple of friends who are autograph hounds. Okay. So they, and they're big music people. And so they stick around after every show they go to and they try to get something signed and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I can't bring myself really? to do that. You know, I mean, if I'm rode with them, then I got to wait for them. Yeah. Um, but a couple of times I've uh, I've gotten something signed or I've taken a picture with someone, yeah. but um, but not too not too often. Um, usually I'm just like uh, okay, and uh, I mean like, you know uh, I've seen uh, Gabriel Byrne like three times I crossing like the street, and the first time I texted my sister like, girl, I just saw Gabriel Burns in Soho, and she was like, oh my goodness, it's crazy, and then literally a week later. We crossed the street, and I was like... Do you live here? Yeah, and I was like, girl, I think Gabriel Burns lives in Soho. I just saw him again. She was like, okay. Nice. Yeah. And by the third time, I didn't even text her. I was like, oh, this dude. Get out of the way. I'm late. You know, that kind of thing. And sometimes it takes me a minute. Like, Macaulay Coke and held the door open for me as I was walking out, and I was too busy mentally talking shit about the hat that he had on. That I, I, By the time I hit the street, I was like, oh, wait. Okay, no, never mind. I get it. If anyone's going to wear that hat, it's going to be him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, otherwise I just kind of, yeah. So if I see someone in a bagel spot, I'm just going to let them get their bagel. Yeah, that I feel like it's just not weird or I don't, you know, I just don't want to. I never know how anyone's going to react, so I just don't want to give them a thing. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, That's very, nice. it's just like a, I don't want to bother. It, it's kind of a thing like when I worked at the porn store. We would see our customers all over the city, all over the city. I could go on vacation yeah. and run into a customer. I've run into 
uh, people when I was living in Atlanta, but in New York visiting family, and I'd see someone on the street. There was one guy who stopped me, and he was like, are you from Atlanta? And I'm like, that's a weird question, but I do live there. And he's like, I feel like I've known, I've seen you somewhere. And so I was just like, I thought I was a regular at a, at a club called MJQ, shout out MJQ. Um, and I was like, oh, are you at MJQ a lot? I'm there, good deal. And she was like, he was like, no, 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 the video store. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably it then, because that's my job, and I'm there six days a week. So that's certainly what, but what would happen is, um, I, you can't call out, there's just like, like a privilege, you know, you can't call out people like, Hey man. So you just don't say anything and they dictate how the interaction's going to go. So I've had guys who've been with their wives in restaurants and you know, they pass by and when their wife isn't looking, they wave. And I'm like, you, that's okay. And I just, you know, whatever. I've had guys chase me down because they want to argue over late fees that they were charged. Yeah, so it just runs the gamut. So I'm just like, I'm just going to lay in the cut. And then you decide, you determine which way this goes. But I'm not going to say anything. But, yeah, it's real. In the street, you're going to argue about this? I know. I was like, this is so not the time. Like, dude, just don't be late with it. Um, You know, I'm like, I'm not at work, but I can tell you, don't be late with your love. Just, oh, man. Yeah, so. That's rough. Yeah, it was a weird job. It was, I mean, you know, it was a video store, so it was just working at a video store, but it also was like, you can't, I mean, you can give recommendations, but I wouldn't. (laughs) I don't want to know more about Exactly, and I, you know, you learned a lot about some folks. I'm like, I don't want to know that you're in the feet. And uh, and also how they deal, their interact, like, um, there was a customer who we knew he was a foot guy, but one day he came in and he complained about a movie and we were like, does it not work? And he was like, no, it worked. It's just the continuity was, and I was like, nah, kid, nah. Like now I see why you're here so much. Are you serious right now? The continuity in your foot porn wasn't, I'm like, no, we don't guarantee a nut. We just make sure that the movie works, but we're not going to. Like, if, if you didn't come, that is not on us. Yeah. So, you know, just weird just weird things like that. But, I mean, also there were, we got a lot of free stuff. Okay. Like, there was a customer that kept me in allergy medicine and birth control for, like, three years. What? Yeah, for free. Just handing it? Yeah, he saw I was having, a like, allergic reaction to pollen or something. And he was like, are you here tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, I'm always here. <laughs> and he's like, do you have any... um?" Other allergies, like any sort of medication? I'm like, not that I know of. Is he a doctor? No, he just worked in a pharmacy. And then he came back at like, uh, yeah, and he came back the next day and he had like, you know, he had like Flonase, but this was before you could buy it over the counter. So this was like gold. And he was like, all right, just squirt. And I was like, oh my goodness, thank you. (laughs) And then. uh, an unexpected perk of working. Oh, yeah. There were so, we had uh, a lot of CDs, a lot of, most of my DVD collection came from the CD man, whose dad ran like a CD DVD place. Um, we had a, a pie guy, a guy who brought us pies and cakes and sometimes bread. Um, uh, we've gotten steak. Um, let's see, legal advice? <laughs> like, yeah, there was a lot of, so weird, a lot of stuff. And if you just take care of late fees and slip them a free movie, they're good. That is the power of porn. That is so ridiculous, but that's, yeah, it's so silly. Oh my God, kind of miss it though, but but not really, but kinda. I was like, 
there are, are well, I don't know if they have porn video stores anymore, but they have like sex shops, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we couldn't sell for a while. We couldn't sell any of the sex shop things. We couldn't sell any of the toys because, um, you know, there was some ruling about. Yeah. Up at the same time, right? right yeah. Why would you make someone have to do two trips? Well, they didn't want any shops like that at all. So, um, but they, uh, but you know, people would sell it anyway, and then you run the risk of being raided. It like depending on if uh, he did. if it was like an election year for a mayor or something. Uh, sometimes then they'd send cops out to raid these stores, and then you get arrested. And I mean, like the owner of the store is going to get you out, but then you, I think like you get charged as like a sex offender or something. What? Yeah, and it's like, mm, no, no. So our owner decided not to do it until it became legal, and then it became legal, and then we brought the toys back in. Um, but, you know, that's just a whole different, you know, like that's a, uh, yeah. So we got to sell toys again, so that meant that women uh, could start coming in. I mean, they could have come in at any time, but it's just, it's a, it's a very quiet, it's a very quiet affair. Normally when you came in, you just heard whatever music we were playing and us cutting up in the background. Um, because it's very serious. There, these men are picking out dates for the night, and it's very important. Uh, and the boxes are huge, so they can look at each picture and really decide. And if there was like a there was a rental special where if you rented four, you got two more for free for two nights. So people are taking home six movies for two nights, and I'm like, what are you? It's Tuesday. What are you what? doing? But okay, we'll see you in a couple of days. And yeah, that seems like a weekend. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, and uh, and you know, you just make kind of make friends with some of them. One guy, he um, he was a regular, very handsome guy. We said when we uh, cast the movie of the place, Brad Pitt will probably play him. Um, but he may now be more of like a one of those Chris's, like Chris Evans or Chris. Uh, Helmsworth or one of them. I don't. There are so many of those. And um, uh, but he uh, he came in late one Friday night, and he was like, "Hey guys, I um, proposed to my girlfriend," and she said, "Yes." And we we're like, "Oh, that's great," you know. And he was alone, so we were like, "Oh, is she in the car? Are you picking out a little something for you guys?" And he's like, "No, no, I took her home." And we're like, "What? Why are you here? Why are you telling like?" Uh, are we like also your emergency contact information? What are you doing? So yeah, so you know you get close to a few, become friendly, but yeah, and it's also just a weird thing of being a woman, it, like working there, like management. Uh, they're always like a core group of women that just work there. So guys would try to pop off and just and because they think as a woman we're not going to like yeah. yell back at them and we're like no this is a porn store we don't yeah. have to be nice yeah. like this isn't yeah. this isn't a restaurant like you don't tip us yeah so uh so you know there have been a few shouting matches um and then or guys who hit on us um and it's just like we see yeah. what you're into <laughs> what are you doing yeah. stop that like that's this is not the time yeah so uh yeah so there was a lot of just stuff it's a lot of stuff very problematic, I probably. Um, a lot of fun, but very problematic. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're coming up on the hour. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay. One, do you have any significant memories at this museum? You know what? I picked this place because um, I don't know if I have any significant memories. It's just like a thing that was always floating in my childhood. We were always at the Brooklyn Museum or the Brooklyn Library or the Botanical Gardens. 
Brooklyn, on this all, all here. And um, we didn't live very far, and I feel like we just hit all of them. And I just like, uh, I just know that we were here a lot. There's no particular thing. It's more of a feeling. So even though they've redone the front in the year, which they should have because no one wants that up all the time. But, like, when I came back, I was like, oh, I got to go to the museum and the library because, like, that's what I remember. And then I came and I was like, oh, where is that? What is all of this? All this glass? And then, uh, and then I just went in and still just walked around and was like, yeah, no, but this is still, like, the feeling is there of just like, oh, yeah, it's kind of a... Uh, I don't want to call it a safe space, but just like a good feeling. It's a, a, a hug. Yeah. It's like a hug. Right. Yeah, yeah. This and the library are just like a hug. That's really nice. Yeah. So, so that's kind of what I feel when I'm here, right. and I like being a, in this area. It's uh, a cute area. Yeah, between this and like um, Prospect Park, I like being over here. And I'm not over here much because you know I'm trying. I'm chasing the comedy dragon. Um, but when I can, you know, I just kind of come over here and just chill. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the museum, or not the museum, I went to the library for the first time this morning, and I was like, oh. Yeah, it's kind of like, I think that's what a library, like, is like. And then, uh, and then found one when I was a kid, like, in Atlanta, like, we went to a library. I was like, well, this is smaller, but I get it, like, you know. Um, so, yeah, so those, like, all of that just kind of just hallowed places where you can be by yourself in a crowd, and it's fine, and you still feel pretty good. Yeah, yeah, so I like that. Yeah. And then second question, and feel free to take your time, uh, a scoop for my podcast, like, something people wouldn't expect about you, uh, or, like, a deep, dark secret. So something you haven't told anybody, and I guess deep, dark secret could fall under the first one, uh -huh. but then, yeah, like... Something people who know you would be, like, shocked to find out. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, goodness. I don't even know. What do people even know about me? I feel like almost anything I... Well, no. I feel like I live out loud, but I probably don't, because a lot of people are always surprised by stuff I do. Not the tap dancing, because I've, I've already I've already shown... You tap dance? I, start, I decided... I wanted to as a kid. Uh -huh. Um... And I never could take the classes. So when I was like 30, I was like, I'm going to take tap classes. And so I did for a number of years. You know, you're just trying to find your thing. And, uh, and so then I took tap dancing classes. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but that's not, let me see. Uh, let's see. Can't swim. People know that. Can't ride a bike. People know that. Um, well, I don't know. Okay. So I, I am frightened of being alone forever in a lonely way, in a sad, lonely way, that um, I don't think registers with people. Like, I don't think, because uh, I've been alone more often than not. And that could be by design. Um, like, I, I like doing things alone. It's not necessarily that I don't want someone with me. It's just, there's a, it seems to be a lot of work to find someone who's, and so I'm just kind of like, well, I guess I'll just do it, because I can't wait around that's just I'm gonna miss it um but because of that mindset I think a lot of I, I put out some sort of air that that's what I prefer um and that's not the case oh also I'm super affectionate nobody knows that I didn't know that yeah no one no one believes that no one knows it and if they if I say it they're like that's not true super affectionate 
for whatever reason, I come off as uh, kind of closed off and um, fine with being a strong, independent woman by myself, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but I am terrified of being alone, and I don't know how to convey that. And, um, and like, um, even my dad once said to me, uh, we were talking about me dating or not dating or something, and he was like, oh, I just assumed that you didn't... So I said something, I was like, oh, haven't you wondered why I don't, why I'm not, you know, it's, it's lousy, I'm not dating anyone. And he's like, oh, I just assume you just didn't want anyone in your life. And I'm like, why would I not want anyone in my, that's terrible. And he's like, I don't know, you just seem to be doing so fine. And um, doing so fine is almost the bane of my existence. But I don't, but also being a hot mess is not going to help me either. No. I can't get shit done. So I have to get things done, and I I don't have it in me to, like, wait around, but um, I wonder if I did have it in me to just, like, be a mess and have someone save me if I even would like me. But would you like the type of person who would? Yeah, no, I probably would be. I need to be the stable one and the adult one, and I need you to be, be around, yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I don't want that either. It's very tough, it's, and people struggle with it every day. But also, people still manage to hook up all the time. And I don't know how, I don't know how. So, like, uh, um, but it, it bothers me immensely that I can't be more open, and I don't know if it's my fault or if I just know a bunch of terrible people. And I don't think the people are terrible, but, I mean, they could be. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I still, it's like, yeah, that's like a big thing that I don't talk about, which also adds to the fact that, you know, I seem closed off. Um, but it's, uh, it's becoming more and more of a bummer in my life as I get older because both my parents passed away recently. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, oh, thanks. And, um, so, and, uh, my sister has a boo uh, on again, off again now, fairly on again, boo. And so... Um, so I'm like, oh, so I'm just, I'm just out here. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like, man, this is rough. There was a scene in the Gilmore Girls okay. where some things were going wrong all day for Lorelai. Okay. And she wasn't with Luke yet, but she was having a real rough day and she's sitting somewhere and she's talking to Luke and she's like, look, I love my life. Um, I'm proud of the decisions I've made. I love, uh, Rory. I love everything about my life but there are times when I wish I had somebody with me just to help me along with all of the stuff that I'm dealing with and I can't I don't know what else was happening in the episode but that scene is crystal like I fell apart when I heard that because I'm like yo that is the fear of just like oh okay and now I've gone into this thing where you're I mean it's uh very isolated in general. So if I become, if I end up traveling, then I'm just by myself. Yeah. Which, again, all these things I'm used to, but it's still a bummer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's like a thing that I just don't talk about much. I listen to other people talk about it, yeah, but, but I, never, like- I never like okay. say, yeah. And, um, and then I hardly hug people. Or if I do, I'm just like, eh. <laughs> but I, I do, I love giving hugs. I'm very affectionate, blah, blah, blah. But no one knows any of that stuff. So I'm just like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to hug my coffin. I don't know. What are you going to do? I know. <laughs> that's going to be my pose in the coffin. <laughs> it's just a hug. Well, all the people that listen to this, uh, don't, like, just, like, jump on her. Yeah, but, like, check first. <laughs> probably check first. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not creepy. Or smell bad. 
Eh, even then, I'll, if I already like you, then you're probably going to be grandfathered in. But it won't be as tight of a hug. You don't want that on your phone. No, not at all. I work very hard at smelling nice. Don't mess that part up for me. It's all I've got. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not all she has. <laughs> That's an inaccurate statement. Guys, this has been Person About Town. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!